When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We go back in the archives for this in-season episode from Grant Caserta, who is now the defensive coordinator at Illinois Wesleyan. At the time we recorded this, he was coming off a great season with Husson. He was a finalist for the Football Scoop D3 Coordinator of the Year, and he's always done an excellent job with his defense. So he's going to give us some insight into how he approaches the season with their game planning and other aspects of in-season defense. Here's Coach Caserta. Welcome to Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We're here with Husson Defensive Coordinator Grant Caserta, who's making his second appearance on the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Uh, Coach, we appreciate you taking the time to join us again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me back. Coach, let's focus first on things you do per- to prepare your team uh, for a game week. First with your coaching staff. How do you assign coaches to break down all the different data that you need to get and uh, put reports together? Yeah, so we have basically four guys that are going to help us help us do this, and I kind of split it up based on each guy's personal expertise. So I have one guy who looks at the pass protections, and he was a former offensive lineman, so he's really good at identifying pass protections and coming up with ideas to attack those. And then the run game will go to our linebackers coach, who was also a former offensive line coach, so he's really good at digesting the run run schemes and I'm the defensive backs coach so I'll handle the pass game and then the fourth guy I'll do some of the other stuff like personnel and hash and and those types of things so we basically try to split it up and use our expertise if you if you want to say that to make it efficient to make it easy and so nobody has to do too much everybody can kind of just do what they know and we get it done pretty timely that way. We have so much data available to us today with, you know, the advent of, of the digital um, breakdown systems, which, you know, now are close to a decade old. So being able to get four five, even six games during the course of a season, depending on what time of season it is, is pretty easy. How much do you put into looking at the previous year's games to learn from the successes and failures? Not too much, actually. We're going to look mostly at what they've done in the past three, four games, kind of take that way that the, the heaviest. And then we'll look a little bit back the past year. If they have the same staff, a lot of times we'll have teams that have a different coordinator or a different head coach or, or things like that. And that we won't even really use that tape at all, but uh, we'll use it a little bit, but mostly it's going to be 
what what have they shown so far this year? What are they doing to teams that are like us this year? Obviously, in, at the start of the season, if we don't have those films, we'll rely on those a little more heavily just because that's what we that's what we have to work with. But once we get going into the middle and the end of the year, we're mostly just going to focus on the stuff that they've done most recently or the teams that are most similar to us. From a workflow perspective, how, how many games do you include in your breakdowns? Typically, we'll do three games, the, the most recent three. And like I said, if there's a team that, that's very similar to us, we'll add that one, even if it's not in the most recent three. Just we'd like to know what, what they're doing now. You know, sometimes you get into week eight and somebody's, somebody got hurt or it's a different quarterback or, and things like that, and they're not doing the same things they did in week one, two, and three. So we want to see what they're doing most recently, and usually the last three games will give us a pretty good picture of that. So as you gain all this insight and you start to develop your, your game plan, obviously you have to convert that to practice time on the field. So how do you design your practice time to prepare? to prepare for what the opponent does best? Well, we're going to take the top three run plays, top three pass plays. We're going to spend our first day in pads on those plays. So for us, that would be Tuesday usually. Monday would kind of be a a walkthrough sort of deal, and we'll do some corrections from the previous week and kind of introduce those top plays so we can be ready to get after it on Tuesday when we put the pads on. So what I want to do is try to find – the plays that we think is their bread and butter, what they want to hang their hat on. We want to really zero in on those plays early in the week and do our best to prepare to stop those plays. And then we'll kind of introduce maybe their secondary plays or maybe some plays that come off of those top plays. But we're going to, we're going to identify probably the top three, maybe four run and pass plays. And we're going to go after those early in the week just so we can make sure that we know how to stop the stuff that they're going to want to run, you know, 15, 20 times a game and make sure that we give our guys the tools and they feel comfortable defending those plays. Preparing your scout teams is, is uh, kind of critical to making sure that you have effective practices. What things have you found in, you know, getting your scout teams ready and getting them to uh, perform in a way that is going to, you know, most mimic uh, the other team? What things do you do to, to get that out of them? Well, we, it's a little interesting the way we do our scout team is we actually take the second offense and they'll run the scout team for us. And then vice versa for the, the starting offense will go against the second defense. And I think that helps, helps us get a really fast look or as fast as we can get it. Because a lot of times they might be running, you know, zone, power, or whatever, plays that our offense already runs. So our guys on the scout team know what they're doing. They know how the play should look. They know what steps to take and all those types of things. So that kind of gives us an advantage over having, you know, the four string or the freshman or, or whatever be that scout team, because they might not know those little nuances that the older guys on the second team have. So I think that gives us a big advantage. It gives us a speed advantage for sure, because a lot of these guys that are giving us our scout look are going to play in the game on Saturday. So we're getting, we're getting as close to a game speed as we can. And the other thing is it's competitive because the guys really get after each other. You know, the twos don't want to be twos. They want to be ones. So they play really, really hard, which is great for us. We want to see that that tough look. And for them, it's great because they're getting better too. And they're running the same stuff that we run 80% of the time probably. So 
unless we're playing, you know, like a triple option team or something like that, that's a different story. But, you know, a lot of the offenses these days are running similar type things. So we're getting a really fast look. Those guys are getting better. And our defense gets better because we get such a great look out of those guys. Now, if that's what you do with your, your second team players, where do your you know your younger guys, your JVs or your freshmen, where do they fit into the mix of of uh, practice? Yeah, so they'll be on the other half of the field. So basically, we work from the forty in on one side, and on the opposite side, the threes, the third D and the third O will be going up against each other, and then they'll rotate, and the fourth offense and the fourth defense will go against each other. So they're going to have a pre predetermined script. I'll write a script for the defense and and the offense will write a script for them, and um, they'll just go at it for eight play sets or whatever we're doing that day. So they, they're basically it, – it's a team period, but they're basically scrimmaging. They're not tackling to the ground, but, you know, they're, we're running our defense versus our offense. So our threes and fours are getting quality reps within our system as well, and it's not there's, – there's rarely a time when there's, you know, 80 guys just standing around watching the ones and the twos go at each other it's i mean we have 44 guys practicing all at one time so it's it's pretty important for us to do that because when we do get to the jv games our jv players have actually played our offense and our defense and it really helps us you know get those guys going in the games whereas if they're just the scout team it's they don't get that many reps within our system so while we're on the other side doing ones and twos, the threes and fours will be on the opposite side, kind of doing a scrimmage type deal where they're going at each other. And it's, it's pretty fun because by the end of the year, I mean, both sides know what the other side's going to do because we keep it pretty simple over there. We're trying to work on basics. So those guys are calling out each other's plays and getting after each other. And it's it, kind of building a rivalry, which is, which is pretty fun to see too. Well, I tell you, Coach, I wish I would have talked to you about three or four years ago when, when we were doing it at BW because we always had those those issues of trying to get a good look, and I think that's such a great way of handling it now that I think about it you know, because your threes and fours are, are developing within your system, and it's so important, I think, for those young guys to do that rather than trying to just go off of scout cards, which typically is what we did. And so on the other half of the field, you, you have your 1D and 2D and, and – uh, vice versa, uh, with the offense going against each other. So what's the rotation between um, the offense getting their plays and the defense getting their plays? So we'll usually do we'll usually do four plays, anywhere between four and six, typically. So we'll alternate who starts. So offense will probably go first. They'll get their four or six plays. Then we'll just switch right over, and then the, the first defense will do their four or six plays. And we'll, we'll usually do something in between. So we'll, we'll do the offense's four the defense is four and then we might go to kickoff and then we'll come back and do the second team, which will be six more plays on defense now and then six plays on offense. So we try to interject some special teams in the middle there. So we kind of break it up. The guys have their legs under them. Um, And I really like it that way because, you know, sometimes you get into a big block of 30 minutes of special teams and some guys aren't involved. The linemen are either doing indie on their own or they're just standing around. So this way, people are always running in and out. you got to really be engaged with what period we're in, who's in the game, what we're doing. So it helps guys stay focused a little bit more by doing it that way. And also, you know, we get quality reps because we're not, we're not gassing guys out 
because they they ran four kickoffs and then they played four kickoff returns and then they go out to play defense. So it helps keep us a little bit fresh that way too, which is another added benefit. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that concept. Um, Coach, looking at each game week, will you introduce new defenses, new stunts, new blitzes, whatever it might be, into your scheme to take advantage of your opponent? Yeah, we will a little bit. We really want to base everything off the things we're already doing. So if we come up with something where we see something in their protection or the way they're blocking a certain run play, and we think this this could be a little adjustment we could make that, that could really help us, We'll do that. We're not going to overhaul the defense. We're always going to stay pretty close to our base. But if, if say, we're bringing two off the edge, maybe we're going to cross those guys. So nine guys are still doing the same thing, but two guys are doing something different, and we can just make a little little tag on that or something and, and make that adjustment. So if we see something on film that we like that some other team has done to our opponent, then we might steal that and kind of mold it into – our system so we might not take it exactly how they did it but we can say okay that's from a 3-4 look we want to run it from a 4-2 look let's do it this way so we might we might do that but the main thing is we want to stay as close to our base as we can because we don't want to introduce eight new things every week and then we forget about our first second and third best play because we're running seven eight nine so if we find something that we like we'll, we'll add it during the year but we just want to make sure that we're not overwhelming them with new information each week. Coach, as a game begins, you know, one of the, I think, uh, most popular protocols for an offense is they're going to come out and they're going to they're going to run 10 to 15 plays scripted. They're going to give you as many looks as they can um, to try to see what you're going to do. What's your response to do that? How do you, how do you, first of all, how do you figure out if they're doing that? And secondly, what's your strategy to maybe combat that and not give them all the details that they want? Well, we're going to we're going to see what they're coming out in early. If it's something new that we haven't seen, then we're going to obviously have to make an adjustment on the sideline. If it's maybe some teams like to sprinkle in some unbalance or different types of packages away from what they normally do, we want to hopefully we've prepared for that. If we've seen it on film, we've we've put together some kind of um answer for that, but in, in general, we're not going to see too many things each week that are totally different from what we can defend with a base package. So we'll stay in our base package, you know, in this first part of the game. And we'll also send different blitzes to see how they're going to react, how their, if their pass pro is what we thought it was going to be. So we'll kind of probe the offense a little bit as well and see how they react. Maybe we'll bring some off the edge. We'll bring some up the middle. We'll do some games up front with the D line and see, see how they're reacting to that. If we know that, Maybe they have a new lineman in there. We might go after him and see if he can respond and if he's as good as the guy he replaced and things like that. So, But in terms of different looks that they might give us, we it's our job as coaches to make sure that we've prepared them for everything that they've shown up to that point. If they show something new or, or something totally different, then we'll fix it on the sideline. But it's our job to get them ready for it during the week. So during the week, it's up to us to make sure that we've – given the proper time to the base stuff, but also prepare them for anything new and special that the offensive might have in their playbook as well. 
Coach, communication in the game is, is very important. So let's start with your coaching staff. What's the procedures you have set up for in-game communication to make sure that everybody, number one, is, is very clear and concise? Because I know if, if you don't have a system for that, it could get very uh, chaotic. But then also, you know, a way to get that to your players in a way that is going to be able to, you know, affect the way they play on the field. Yeah, so I, I'm on the field calling the plays. So I feel like that's the most effective way that, you know, with all the tempo offenses and this and that, we can we can get the call in as soon as we can. I don't have to relay it to somebody and then they relay it to the players. I can just send it out as fast as I can. In terms of what our coaches communicate to me, I have just one guy up in the box that's going to talk because I don't I don't want a lot of different voices in the headset when I'm trying to think about what we want to do next and you know the players are on the sideline talking and and all kinds of coaches talking you don't we want to try to eliminate that as much as we can so I'm just going to hear from one guy he's going to tell me what the personnel is that's the number one thing that I want to know um, because we put a lot of stock into what personnel is on the field especially if teams run multiple personnel groupings that's really important for us I don't I don't ask him to tell me the down and distance or the formation or anything because I feel like I can I can see that ahead of time and I can look at it because I'm not I'm not a guy that's got every single play scripted out based on what field zone we're in, what hash we're on, what formation they're in and this this and that. I just am not engineered that way. I kind of want to see how the game is progressing. I want to kind of have a feel for it. So I have my eyes up on the field. I'm looking, I can see what the down and distance is, what the formations are going to be. So I just want to hear what the personnel is from that guy up in the booth so then I can kind of get in my mind what types of plays we're going to see and then what types of responses we want to have. Obviously the up-tempo world, the up-tempo revolution which started you know some time ago has also changed the way that uh, defenses operate. So uh, after your players receive the call um, which you're trying to get in very quick, how are they communicating to each other in order to to make sure that they're ready to go when the offense is snapping the ball, which we seem seem to be doing that uh, quicker and quicker uh, as the years go on. Yeah, the way we do it is we kind of split up split up the calls amongst several guys. So, for instance, our free safety is going to call the coverage. Our rover is going to set the passing strength. Our linebacker, one of our linebackers, is going to set the front. And the corners are going to communicate how many threats they have to their side in terms of receivers and tight end. So my opinion is that way it breaks up the thinking process from say back when I played in high school, there might've been one guy that made all the calls. Well, it, sometimes in college, it's tough to have just one guy make all the calls when you're seeing so many different looks and they're going so fast. We want to give one guy one job and he can do that really fast because he's done it a million times in practice. So by the time we get through the first week of practice, the rover can call the strength in one second, and the free safety can call the the play call in one second. He can he can name that coverage. So that kind of helps us speed everything up. Rather than having to rely on one guy to get everybody lined up, we we sort of split up the tasks, and we don't we don't pair our front with our passing strength necessarily. So having two guys do that really helps us because, for instance, the linebacker can identify where the tight end is and he can call the front while he's waiting to hear the pass strength. He doesn't have to wait on the pass strength to get the front strength. So those things kind of work independently of each other, and I think it helps the, all the communication happen quicker. Now, 
there's a lot of calls flying around and you have to be able to listen and see at the same time. But with, with practice, we get pretty good at it and it works out pretty well for us. Coach, what's one defensive call that, uh, you know, works for you guys week in and week out is something that, that makes a difference for you? Well, we're a big cover one team. That's, that's one thing that we're going to fall back on all the time. So that's, that's kind of our bread and butter defensive coverage and, it allows us to keep six guys in the box, which we love. Our whole our whole deal in defense here at Huston is we want to stop the run. So keeping six guys in the box at all times helps us do that. Um, if they want to add guys to the box with tight ends and fullbacks, we're going to add safeties into the box to, to make sure we still have the numbers. So cover one really makes it easy for us to do that. The jobs are easy coverage-wise. We can handle any types of motion pretty easily with some communication. And it helps us to really just play fast. The guys know what to do. Then they can just go make plays. So um, we've been really fortunate to have some guys that that can play out on the perimeter. So that obviously helps. But that's going to be our number one play. It's it's flexible. It's adjustable. It's easy. It's easy to run. It's easy to learn. And it allows us to make sure we have those numbers in the box so we can can do what our real ultimate goal is, is, is to, to stop the run. Coach, the last question I have for you is, is what is the one thing that you guys do in season that you feel gives you the winning edge on game day? Well, I think it goes back to what we talked about with the scout teams, just just the looks that we get out of our second offense and defense against our starters, um, just the speed and, and the intensity with which we get to practice because of the quality of players that are going at each other. So we get all kinds of quality reps during our team periods. It's competitive. It's fun. It's, you know, the way we interject special teams into it really makes practice move along. It's like the end of an hour, 45 minute practice or an hour or a two hour practice. It it seems like it just flew by. Like, where did the time go? Because once we get going, it, it, it really goes fast, which, which is, which is great because we get a lot done. It's fun. The guys aren't getting burnt out because we're going too long or, or a period's too long. So I'd say it's definitely the way we structure our scout teams and, and just our practice formula in general, which in, in which we interject the special teams in between the team periods. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time with us again and, and sharing some great in-season ideas. I love the idea of your scout team. I think certainly teams with uh, bigger rosters who, who do go down into the third and fourth teams, uh, you have an outstanding way of, of preparing them and preparing your team for the game week. So thanks for sharing your ideas today. Absolutely. No problem, Keith. Thanks again for tuning in during the season. We try to give you things that are relevant to the season and things that can help you right now. Of course, when the season ends, we'll switch to some of our off-season episodes and programming. Follow all we're doing this season at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.